Rockbot at midcourt. Two seconds. Rockbot off the pool. Three for the win. He got it. He got it. Jordan Poole, the freshman, hits it at the buzzer. Wow, what a great moment. And of course, that highlight courtesy of Westwood One. Hello, everyone. And welcome to episode 13 of Three Point Podcast and our Sweet 16 show. Our sponsors tonight include Rivals Tap House and Grill, the area's premier sports pub and the spot to be for March Madness. Also, our sponsors include the Corona Connection and our podcast headquarters, Z92.5 The Castle. Back to Rivals for a minute. They're also our sponsors for our three-point pod bracket challenge. We may have to look at that a little bit tonight, fellas. I'm Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5. On the phone is Matt Burns of ESPN and just back from Disney World in Florida. And Jared Fatel of WJSZ Radio is right here in the studio tonight with me. We'll also be joined again this evening by Jack Strap. Get his different takes on sports, especially the brackets. Now, we're recording this on Thursday, March 22nd, just before they tip off tonight. But we've got to get into things. And before we do, though, guys, welcome back, Matt. How was Disney? Disney was fun. I mean, it's, it's one of those places that you, you feel like a kid when you go there again, I guess, because, you know, you grow up watching the Disney movies and, and seeing all the characters and everything like that. So it's a blast. And then when you have a kid, I, my daughter's two and a half years old. So when you have a kid or whether you have nieces, nephews, you know, whatever, and you get to go with them, it's even, it makes it extra special to see their reactions and, and see how excited they get when they see all the characters. So, so it's definitely a blast, and, and I'm definitely thankful because ESPN is owned by Disney. So uh, as a Disney employee, we get free admission and a bunch of other discounts and stuff to, to the Disney parks. So I'm definitely thankful for that, and um, it's, just, it's a fun time to go there and, and, have, and feel like a kid again and just have some fun. Yeah, Ted, I'm, I'm a little bit bothered, I'm not going to lie. You didn't welcome me back from my trip to Central Michigan and Wayside <laughs> for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I was going to get into that. I saw a nice post on uh, Instagram. I was going to have a little private talk with you about that, Jared. <laughs> yeah, so, so you spend a weekend at Wayside, and that you might as well uh, <laughs> spend uh, three weeks at Disneyland. It's, you come back a changed man. <laughs> I would say uh, I've, I've got a different nickname that might not be uh, uh, safe safe for this podcast that we used to call Wayside, but but it, it's definitely a good time to go up to Wayside. A different different experience. St. Patrick's Day at the Wayside, and then Disney World. Completely different experience. Yeah. So you got you guys are going to kind of notice. I'll, I'll just kind of. I think we're going to start with the Michigan game. Obviously, the Jordan Poole shot was just a, a fantastic shot. Personally, I, I didn't see it. Uh huh. What do you I, mean you didn't see it? You never saw the replay, or you didn't so see it let live? Me just, let me just, I saw the replay, okay. but I didn't see it live. Okay. So let me explain why that was. Okay. So if you go to Central, mm-hmm. um, to the wayside, like O'Kelly's bar, half of the bar is for 18-year-olds. I'm obviously not 21, and the other half is for 21. Like, the 21-year-old side mm-hmm. is like a sports bar, and the 18-year-old side is like a dance club, like oh. music louder than you could imagine. So as soon as you walk in, if you're 18, they put big X's on your hands. Okay. I I knew that the machine. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. That's that's where I'm leading with this. So as soon as you go, they put big X's on your hands. And I knew the Michigan was going to be playing. And I said, uh, I told Spin Dog, my buddy, to text me because he's going to be over there watching the game. I said, text me if it's a close game. Right. So about two minutes left. I get a text, you know, it's coming down to the wire. You got to get over here. This place is like, is rowdy. So I run into the bathroom. I'm scrubbing my hands like feverishly, trying to get. The, you, got, you can still see them. The X's are still there. It's, it's like still permanent there. Permanent marker. Yeah. So I'm scrubbing. I'm scrubbing. I'm scrubbing. Scrubbing. I like get it off. I like walk through. The guy uh, stops me. There's a little like green smudge on it. He takes another big red marker out. <laughs> 
puts another two big X's. And there's like there's one TV in Wayside, but you can't. It's like behind the bar. It's like a crowded bar, like a million people trying to get drinks. On the 18 year old side, yeah. you're talking about? Yeah. yeah okay. So it's like you can't even watch it. Okay. So I just said, you know, it it probably is not going to be a game winning shot, a memorable shot like that. So I'll just go back to the dance floor. You know, have a good time there. <laughs> and little do I know, I get a text that Jordan Poole just hit a game winner shot. So. Definitely not the best uh, time to get that text, but I'm happy they won. Hey, good story. Uh, I was actually watching it live. You know, for an old guy like me, Jared, you know, you got to be pretty proud of me. I was staying awake and watching that late game, but uh, I actually moved very quickly out of my chair when he hit that shot. It was incredible. And the thing that nobody's talked about at all, Poole, obviously an incredible shot. You know, they did the whole replay of it's identical to a shot that he had for a game winner in high school. But if you watch that play closely, he was fouled on it. The yeah. referee didn't raise the hand and make the call, though, but he was fouled on that three-pointer. Yeah, and with how that game was going, the, the that whole game, there were so many foul calls. It just seemed like every possession there was a whistle. You would assume that on that shot they're just going to call a foul, but I think the refs got caught up in the moment and was, and was watching the shot, too. But it was an incredible play. I mean, you've heard all the breakdowns. Why didn't why didn't they put someone on livers and, and guard him as the inboundner? Because he just had a free – Free look to fire the ball to to Rockman, and then he he set a pool for a perfect shot, and it was just perfect execution, and it was the coolest thing ever. I went crazy. My my wife and daughter were sleeping. I had to do that like silent reaction to try not to wake anyone up, but. No, nah, man, it, it was one of the coolest moments as a, as a Michigan fan. So I didn't really get a chance to watch a game. Like, I heard it was a really ugly game. Is that sort of true? Other than, obviously, the very last second. Was yeah, the yeah, the the man bun guy was tearing him up again. I mean, he, he is really a good yeah, player. Rob Gray. Yeah, he can play ball. Uh, but it was an ugly game, and Michigan didn't play very well, I didn't think, in either of their wins, but it was just enough to get by, mm-hmm. you know, beeline coached them up good enough to get by. Uh, you know, the sequence there at the end, too, you know, the the player missed two free throws to really set up the Michigan win. Yeah. You know, we thought, okay, it's probably going to be a tie. He might miss one of the two, and and maybe a long miracle shot will tie it. But to, for the win, after missing two free throws, it was just incredible. I mean, that, that ranks right up there with one of the best finishes I think I've ever seen. It was one of the coolest moments, especially to be watching it live. I know you're you're probably having a good time on the dance floor, Jared, so I, I can't hate on that. He was but showing up his moves. It was one moves. of the coolest moments to see. I mean, I, I go back to the Trey Burke shot mm-hmm. that, yeah, that he right. had in the Sweet 16 scene against Kansas a few years ago. That was awesome to watch. But this one, I mean, a buzzer beater, a three, like they, like you guys said, they they didn't play well that whole game. I mean, either team could have won that. So it, it was definitely cool to see. And then to see all the reactions and, and everything like that, it was, it was pretty awesome. Would you say that? I'm biased because I saw one of them, didn't see the other one. I obviously like the Trey Burke shot better. Which one did you guys say was more uh, exciting? Well, this one is most recent, so it's yeah, hard to go back biased, to Burke. Exactly, but but yeah. even even throwing that out of there, this was just incredible. Because, you know, he had a guy right in his face. Like I said, he was even fouled. And it was it was a prayer and the, and the whole setup beforehand, like Matt mentioned. You know, the quick pass, the second pass. I mean, it was just it was unbelievable. You know, and I'm, I've seen a lot of these plays in my in my life. I mean, it, it's probably right there at the top. Did you see what uh, John Beeline said after the game that <laughs> Jordan Poole has like an overdose of swag? Yes, I, yes. Personally, if any other coach says that, I think that I hate that quote. But right. because he said it, I love it. Yeah, and that's what everyone has said. That I mean, Poole, like if you see interviews with him or watch him play, you can tell that he has that kind of swag to him. But they talk about in practice, like when they do this, he hits those shots often. And that's what I – Man, I, I, I'm a big Beeline fan. We've talked about it a lot, but like, he just seems like he's a 
he prepares these kids for that kind of moment. Like Poole barely even played that game, and he I don't even know. He might have had a couple points. I think he did hit a few shots, but he didn't, he wasn't even barely playing in that game. There was no rhythm to that game, but he knew that – Eli talked about it after the game – that Poole was the guy to put in that position, and and he delivered. So it's, it's just that thing. I, all I thought about was, you know, you watch some of these teams in these end-of-game situations, and they just look like they have no idea what they're doing. Michigan, they put Livers back there. He did the same thing in the Maryland game during the regular season. And, you know, they, they won the game. So it, it's, it comes down to practice, man. And I think Poole probably practices those shots at, in practice. You know, I know all coaches, all college big-time coaches, they do practice end-of-game scenarios like that. But some probably practice it more. I got a feeling Beeline has practiced that a lot more. Kind of like to pivot away from, like, the X's and O's. But yeah. I just love this post-game celebration so much. Did you see how he had the goggles on? And the funniest part to me is just some guy just, like, conked him right on the head with, like, a water bottle. Like, I did, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that man, that, that just makes Beeline so much cooler because he, he knew they've, they've been doing that water celebration. He goes in with goggles and a raincoat on. Beeline's the man. <laughs> I'm a big fan. And that also was a, it was a cool celebration after the game because when Poole hit that shot, man, he just took off sprinting because he didn't want to get dogpiled on. He was trying to avoid that, and everybody's just chasing him all over the arena. And and the other cool moment, it did get some press, it was Wagner stopped I mean, chasing. I, did you, you didn't like that? I mean, it was cool, but it's like, it was humanity. what's he going to do there? Like, I, really? he, well, he didn't stay there very long. He just patted the guy on the, on the shoulder and said, man, tough loss or whatever, you know. He didn't stay there and have a conversation with him. I thought it was a cool thing myself. That's what he said. I, I saw an interview with him, and that's what he said. Like, when, when Duncan Robinson fouled out and, and he said he started thinking about Michigan seniors and like, man, this might be their last game. This is how they're going to go out. And that's what he said. When he ran by, Davis and saw him slumped over. He's a senior, you know, thinking about that's his last game. That's how he's going to go out. He stopped and just pat him on the back. And I like it because I like him, but yeah. I can just if, – if, if a Michigan State player did this, I it would drive me irate. <laughs> it would just drive me up a wall. So that's where I'm kind of – I'd love it, but I just know that that's because he's a Michigan man. I hear you. I hear you. We know where you stand on that, Jared. Three Point Podcast is excited to be partners with the Corona Connection. The Corona Connection is a direct mail paper sent to all of Corona, Vernon, and the Shiawassee County parts of Lennon. You can also pick up a copy of the latest edition at many Corona businesses and Kroger. The Corona Connection was founded to create a platform for Corona residents and students to connect. Like them on Facebook and you can view the entire Corona Connection paper online every month, both on Facebook and at coronaconnection.com. Let's let's move it on from the, the thrill of victory to the agony of defeat. Let's talk a little oh, I was a little Spartans. Huh? You I were you were pretty happy about that? Very thrilled. We'll be honest. I mean, we, we talked about that. I was I was going to Disney, and I was driving to Disney during uh, the Michigan State game, so I wasn't paying attention at all. And all of a sudden, text and, you know, I was checking scores started coming in on my phone, and I couldn't believe it. But at the same time, I had the same reaction as Jared. I don't know. I just – I was, like, happy. I was like, man, they <laughs> – all the talk and all the hype, most talented team Michigan State's had or Izzo's had and, and all the national – championship hype that they were getting from all the, the quote-unquote experts when I saw that they got upset by by Syracuse it was kind of like good they deserve it <laughs> yeah I'm the one guy in the trio here that really I never root against Michigan State but I will tell you after seeing that game and watching uh you know Izzo really get out coached in that game I have no idea where the strategy came from for playing Ben Carter so much I mean yeah okay Izzo and his staff they decided before the game you know, we're going to attack the zones differently. We're going to put Ben Carter in there at the post. He, he did all right. I think he maybe hit his first shot or second shot from the free throw line, which is really, that's the weakness in that zone. But 
the thing that just completely boggles my mind, he, he kind of didn't have confidence after that and kept kicking it out. Yeah, Michigan State shot terrible from three-point land. They, they, they were sucked right into Bayheim strategy. And how do you not play Jaron Jackson more in that game? How do you not move Jackson or Bridges to the post? You guys okay. break it down I mean, for me. I've heard the whole Bridges thing. Honestly, I don't really – have we seen him have like any sort of like mid-range like really other than like a three and does he, three and dunk it? Does he need to have it, or can he just drive to the basket and get two guys come to him and then dish off? I mean, it's possible. What I heard I thought was kind of interesting, like put Tum Tum maybe in the middle. See what he can do. Maybe. He, and He can dish it, and he's not going to – I don't – what was Ben Carter doing? Like setting screens? I don't really know what he brings. Well, that's what Izzo said after the game, that Carter that's, – that's what they liked about him is that he was moving the ball well. But my biggest thing is – and I know we've criticized Bridges a lot, but you have two dudes in Jaron Jackson and Miles Bridges that are going to be lottery picks. They're, they're playing in the NBA next year for sure. I think they're going to be good NBA players and have an impact. How do you not – Go through them. How do you not put one of those guys at the free throw line? Everyone knows the way that you beat a zone is you put guys at the free throw lines or at the elbows and you get them the ball. Even if all they do is get the ball and kick it right back out, you have to get the ball to the free throw line. And you've got two dudes that are going to be high draft picks in the NBA next year. How do you not put one of those guys at the free throw line and just put the ball through them? Even if all you do is get the ball to him and pass it back out, that is, that is the way to beat it. I went back earlier today and, and watched when, when Michigan played Syracuse in the Final Four in 2013, and they, they kind of torched that zone. That's what they did. They put Mitch McGarry and Glenn Robinson III at the elbows and at the free throw line, and they just kept giving them the ball. And those dudes made plays. They kicked it out for threes. They drove to the basket. And I don't know what his little strategy was, but he deserves all the criticism that he's getting because he got outcoached, and, and they, they blew a chance at a national championship opportunity I couldn't agree with you more and I've always been I mean I don't want to run Izzo out of town but I, he had a bad game and I think the the slappy uh, reporters in this state had no balls to just flat out ask him what your strategy you is I saw that you uh I was gonna bring this up later I okay kinda, I kind of had this in uh queue but okay. I saw that you had a tweet that said um you know, I have I still have my Final Four teams remaining. Yeah, and I was going to quote you that and say, "Well, you didn't interview Tom Izzo, did you? <laughs> what, what is going on? You, you don't understand that at all? No, I I, I don't have a necessary. Let me put it to you this way: When that game is over, and it's hard, it's hard to ask a losing coach hard questions. But you know, if you watch that game. Isn't the first question you have, hey, Tom, what was the strategy with your lineup today? How do you play a Ben Carter so many minutes over, over uh, you know, Jackson in the middle? I mean, you, you can phrase the question and ask him, what was your mindset? Nobody asked him that question. Everybody's intimidated. I, had, I heard one Detroit news reporter ask him, and he was kind of like whining like a little kid, like he was totally intimidated what Izzo was going to tell him. He says, um, uh, Tom, uh, you, you think you'll be back? coaching this team next year that was his question i love i'd love to see that beef did did you get a response on that by the way on twitter yeah oh yeah well what what really drove that one of our fans of uh this podcast mm -hmm. and also a, a twitter follower of mine he was all over it all week long he was hammering like people like jim rome and other local people why wasn't Izzo asked that question? And I happen to 100% agree with him. Yeah, one, one guy, I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard, uh, listened to him at all, Mike Valenti. He's a, a radio guy in, out of Detroit. He's uh, the only one. Yeah, he's a Sparty alum, and he's one of the biggest Sparty slappies that I've ever ever listened to or whatever. But he actually did go on a pretty good rant um, criticizing Izzo, and it's, it's pretty good. But, you know, you talked about him against big-time coaches. It's crazy that, you know, he, he has all the success, all the Final Fours and, you know, all that kind of stuff, whatever. He's 1-11 against Coach K. 
0-7 versus Roy Williams. Now he's 1-5 versus Jim Beheim. Those are three of the best coaches in college basketball, in really of all time. And Izzo is just flat out getting owned by those guys. And really now, after this year, he's he's 11-9 versus Beeline. So he's got two games on him. But Beeline came into Michigan when Michigan was in a lot of trouble. So, so really, Beeline has really turned things around. So against the elite coaches, Izzo really gets outcoached a lot and doesn't have a lot of success. So... So I, he deserves all the criticism. He can recruit like crazy and, and sell his uh, his program, but he doesn't develop the talent like we've talked about, and he gets outcoached in games a lot. He doesn't make adjustments. You know, he sticks to his game plan, and his substitutions are weird. So, yeah. hey, man, people, you know, they, they want to stick to that national championship that happened 20 years ago. That's fine with me, and they've made a bunch of Final Fours. But he's getting outcoached a lot, and he's got so much talent on that team. They're, they're really underachieving. Yeah, and – the substitution is not really getting a lot of press, but I'm honestly, it bothers me that, but Matt McQuaid, he won me over. Yeah, he yeah. Won me over. He was the only guy that did not lose his mind that game. I probably would have somewhere maybe five, six games ago started McQuaid. All I know is that, yeah, all I know is that like a 10, I remember like a 11 or 10 minute mark, like he subbed him out and I breathed a sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. He, I was scared of him. He, <laughs> that guy, he's got he's got some balls. I I just feel like you got to keep him out there. This is what he. This is why he's on the team, right? To be a zone he's, buster. He's a shot maker, and you know he in a few games, and even against Michigan when the games were tight, he he knocked down some shots. So so yeah, he he might be that guy that you could have put in there to to hit a couple big shots, but instead he wanted to play Ben Carter, who sounds like he should be playing lacrosse somewhere. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know, like. He has he barely played all year, six minutes a game, and and you've got a guy, Jaron Jackson, that's going to be a, a lottery pick, and and an upperclassman in Nick Ward. I mean, he's not like a superstar, but he can play sitting on the bench. And I don't know. I, I just think Izzo. He, I don't know if he's past his prime or if, or if he's kind of lost his. I don't know, lost his edge or something. But but something's going on there because they're to be one of the most talented teams in the country and to continually be coming up short. Um, I mean, it's got to reflect on the coach a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, this one's got to hurt him real bad and, and maybe has him look at what his next step is going to be. I mean, he has he has full say, I think, to, to do whatever he wants. He'll be at Michigan State for as long as he needs to be, but does he really want to? You know, could you see him maybe uh, saying, you know what, this is enough stress on me and my family. Why don't I try broadcasting for a while? I mean, that seems to be the natural trans transgression, but – he is pretty good. He's 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 pretty down to earth, and I've seen him in the interview situations before. He could easily do it. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but he has that option. Yeah, and like you said, he could definitely. I mean, he he's almost on that like Joe Paterno level, like he was at Penn State. I mean, Izzo would never get fired. They would never ask him to step down. It, it's up to him whenever he wants to leave. But I mean, I got I, I was going to ask you guys something. I knew we were going to get to Izzo and Michigan State and everything. Uh, so I was going to ask you guys something. Uh, a criticism that used to always happen for Michigan fans, specifically the Michigan football fans, were that that we lived in the past. That you know we talked about the all-time records and and the national championship that ha- happened in 1997. And it, people just always say you always lived in the past. Is, is that happening with Michigan State basketball? I mean, their their national championship was 20 years ago, and they have been to some Final Fours, but recently, of 10 years, they haven't had a ton of success. They've won some games, but Izzo now in his last 11 games in March is 4-7. and seven. They keep getting bounced in the first weekend. So is it is it fair to start saying that Michigan State fans with, with Izzo, they're kind of living in the past, similar to what they used to say about Michigan football fans? I think that's entirely possible. 
Did you guys see Tum Tum Nairn's like quote after the game? No. Every, I see pe- everyone like quote tweeting it on Twitter, like, "Oh, I'm crying right now. Like, this is so like true." He says after the game, like, "This is just like a game." Uh, something along those lines. I don't know the exact quote off the top of my head. It's a little bit more like eloquently put. Mm-hmm. But you, it's just I hate that quote because you know that if he's if they're winning, they're if they went on a buzzer beater, they're jumping up and down and celebrating like crazy. And it's just such I hate that quote. Well, wait, so wait, what's the much. quote again? It's a video. It's something. Like, he's in the locker room, you know, like, yeah. head down, saying, well, you know, this is really just a game. Oh. So, like, stuff along those lines. I wish I knew right. exactly what he said, but it, it just – Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he was trying to, like, whatever. I think a reporter kind of asked him, like, put it into perspective, you know, this loss. And, you know, some, some guys might say something like, this is crushing. You know, it's basketball has been such a big part of my life. And, you know, all those kind of things. And, yeah, he just kind of said, like, it's just a game. So so he was getting bashed, you know, saying, like, he's not taking it seriously enough. And then other people were saying, like, you see, he does have the right perspective. It is just a game. But, right, that's kind of what I thought. I was like, yeah, but if they would have hit a buzzer beater, you know, like Jordan Poole did, if they would have done something like that and won, they would have been going crazy. And he said, this is a greatest moment of my life and you know all that kind of stuff yeah so. it's a fine line that's for sure and you mentioned Izzo uh potentially leaving yeah I would love that if he leaves Michigan State is just a run-of-the-mill program yeah because who so would they who would they bring in Fife would they would Fife take over right now they're a national program but right. I, don't, I think that they just become sort of regional if, if he leaves he's the whole brand yeah he is the whole brand right now but I mean they'll move on with the same success who knows you know time would tell and you always hear the you know January February Izzo right thing, you know the whole March thing Michigan's 13 and 2 the last couple of years in March Michigan State's 4 and 6 the last couple of years in March so does the whole Mar- Izzo owns March thing do you think that needs to end well, it needs to turn around that's for sure I mean that's those numbers they don't lie this is February Izzo Winky face. That's what I say to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, we we like to kind of criticize, and, and rightfully so, I think, right now. Rightfully so, Michigan State and Izzo, they, they deserve a lot of criticism. Kick the dog while they're down. We probably drive the Michigan State fans up the wall. I would think. <laughs> if you're a high school sports fan, boy, we got some news for you. Sportsnet Michigan has thousands of high school game radio broadcasts available on compact disc or digital download going all the way back to 1985. For a Check out the posted games right here at Three Point Podcast. And for more details, email us at threepointpod at gmail.com. Did you guys see, uh, like, sort of maybe one more kind of put nudge at Michigan State? Did you guys see Sports Illustrated's cover? Who was on it? Was well, it Jackson? It, it was a role player. That's what was just crazy about it. What? Yeah, Jaron Jackson. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a boom. <laughs> Speaking of that, you know, before we wrap up this Spartan segment, I mean, I'm a big believer and I think Izzo normally would be, you would think, most college coaches would, you're in the tournament, and it's one and done. Don't you play your best players? Isn't that the whole idea? you got players that from you know 1 to 15, whatever's on your roster, don't you play your best players? And then you, I saw this on Twitter. It just blew my mind. Andrew Dockish played more minutes <laughs> in three games. Than Jaron Jackson did in four. That's my new favorite one. You like that it used one? To be the McQuaid uh, versus Jackson in-game numbers. That's my new favorite one. Unbelievable! It's crazy, and then that's what I thought. That that was the first thing I thought when that, when I saw the results, and then people saying like Jackson's on the bench, you know, all that kind of stuff. I just thought like you have to go down swinging with your best players. This guy's going to be right. a lottery pick. So so is Bridges, and you you have to go down with your best players. We talked about earlier. We were talking about Michigan. Uh, Wagner and, and Rockman, they weren't playing that well, but there is no way that Beeline would have left those two guys on the bench in, in that game because those, those are your best players. Those are the players that got you to where you are. And uh, it's just crazy to me that you play a kid like Ben Carter. It's nothing against him. He's probably a good basketball player. 
you play him over a guy that's going to be a lottery pick in the NBA next year, and it's just crazy. Yeah, that part did not make any sense. Well, let's uh, let's recap a little bit about the first weekend. I mean, for myself, I always love that first weekend. I watch pretty much every single game. I love the first two days where I can get that clicker going back and forth. And the highlights were just this, – this was better than any first weekend, I think, than I've ever seen. You know, it could start right off with Loyola picking up the win for the 98-year-old sister, sister Jean – I mean, two two buzzer beaters. How about that? I this is what I want to say, Sister Jean. If if Loyola wants to win the national championship, it, it might be a little crazy. <laughs> S- Sister Jean needs to have a heart attack. Oh no! Oh, oh, oh Jared. I'm not saying that. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that I would like that. Obviously, I wouldn't like that. Okay. But if you're Loyola, you want to win a title. Sister Jean has to become a martyr. That is a bold statement. That's for sure. You're telling me I that, see what you're talking about, though. The motivation they would factor. Rally behind, that would be the best rallying cry ever made. I think I'm just going to stay away from that one and uh, <laughs> say that, you know, they're fun to watch. That's a fun, be, fun squad to watch. They, they play the Wolfpack of Nevada tonight, so that, yeah. I don't know. It, it's just crazy that both of those teams are in the Sweet 16. I did have a take on Sister Jean, though. When I watched uh, the first buzzer beater, and, uh, you know, the sideline reporter came over and interviewed her and asked her what she said in her prayer. I mean, I thought that was just amazing television when she kind of recapped exactly what she said to the team. But then after that, now it's become the Sister Jean thing. And I'm, I'm not dogging on her, but it's you know how it is, Matt, in the media cycle. Now she's really the big part of the story. So after that second game, they had to make sure they went over there and talked to Sister Jean. And I'm thinking... Yeah, she's a sweet old lady, but my goodness, she's 98 years old. How much more uh, on microphone stuff are you going to get from her? Exactly. And we were actually, I was just talking about that. I worked with some people a couple hours ago, and we were saying the same thing that obviously, initially, it is cool. It's a great story, and, you know, all, all the stuff that she filled out her bracket and was picking them, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it gets to a point where it is a little much, maybe for her, but also for, for viewers. Obviously, people mm-hmm. are, you know, they love her, and, you know, she's a sweet old lady, and all that kind of stuff. But it gets a little played out. And, you know, eventually, it's just like, let's just watch these basketball players let's let's talk about them a little bit so so we'll see what they do tonight and and if they win with the coverage this weekend and and by the way for the record i would like her to live throughout the tournament i just want to put that right on record it'd be a real shame (laughs) if if she passed away and they made the final four (laughs) let's let's move on from that did anybody here see arizona getting not only beat but destroyed by buffalo destroyed I mean, they got handled. It's funny how that's just, like, completely forgotten. I know. That's how crazy March Madness is. I mean, that was the first night. It's it's just completely, like, slipped people's mind. It's perfect scenario for Arizona that Virginia lost the very next night. Unbelievable, yeah. And, and uh, boy, was Arizona the trendy pick. You know, hey, we're going to rally behind our coach, all this controversy. They came up about as flat as you can come up, and Buffalo showed they're a pretty good team, really. Yeah, and I think that's, like, what, what we've talked about and other people have talked about coming into this tournament is there really wasn't – uh, the, like that one or two, those dominant teams coming into the tournament, even the one and two seeds, they were pretty vulnerable. And, you know, it showed that these lower seeds, they're, they're kind of playing a little more with a chip on their shoulder, and they, they're still really talented. They have some good basketball players, and they sneak up on some teams, like all the upsets that happen. So it, it makes it fun to watch. I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things, like, yeah, it, it's exciting when you have these Cinderella stories and, and you know, like these crazy upsets, but – Come the Final Four, at least the TV networks, they, they want the, the Blue Bloods. They want the big boys in there in the Final Four because – No doubt. Would you really watch uh, a Nevada and, 
and I don't know, and Loyola yeah. Final Four game or something. You know, that wouldn't get very good ratings, but but it's fun. It's fun while it lasts. So just in the Virginia, that's another game. That's I where missed. I wanted to move yeah, to. That's a, that's another game I missed. Now paint the scenario for the same reason. Well, no, I didn't even know. This is another one. Like I just like you know like how you get the Bleacher Report updates on your phone. Like I right. pulled out. Oh, uh, Virginia lost. <laughs> I didn't really didn't really process them till the next day, but. It's like, because, I mean, when you're in the middle of dancing, it's like, I mean, you could, I could care less at that point. I'm just <laughs> yeah, lucky. You I got am, one thing on your mind. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. for sure. Yeah, you, yep. For, <laughs> yep, that's for sure. And it's just, I'm just lucky that it wasn't like a game winner. It was really anticlimactic. That's kind of like my only thing complaint about Yeah, a little game. bit, a little bit. But it, I watched that whole game. Like I said, I watched pretty much every single game other than the West Virginia Marshall game. That was just a little too late for me. And that's the only game I really missed. And watching the retrievers, and really, this this has been the elephant in the room here if we're having bracket talk. A first time ever, a number 16 beats a number one. And they didn't do it in buzzer beater fashion. They pounded them. They, they had a heck of a team. Yeah. That's what Tony Bennett, Virginia's coach, said after the game. Is he was like, "We just got, we got crushed, we got smoked, and they they played better than us, and they, you know they exposed us." And you know he paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. And they did. I mean, they won by twenty. That it's crazy to think that a sixteen seed has never beaten a one seed, and the first time they do, they win by twenty. And it was the overall number one seed. Yeah. Right. It was you know to the bracketologist, it was the best team in the tournament. Crazy. I mean, that's got to be right up there with the Miracle on Ice and some of these, like Buster Douglas over Tyson. I mean, to see them destroy Virginia in the first round there, I mean, isn't that right at the top five probably all-time upsets? I would I would think so. For me personally, I would say it's the biggest one that I've yeah. seen in my lifetime. But did you see the quote after the game? Uh, the guy said this is like – how this, they asked him how, how it felt, and he said this is like your first like Fortnite victory. Do you know what Fortnite is? <laughs> It, it's it's a video game, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the hot thing right now, isn't it? It, it is. I just didn't know if that went right over your head. No, I'm, just... for an old guy, sometimes I understand what's going on there, believe it or not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I mean, I've never played Fortnite. I know I see it all the time and know about it, but Call of Duty was a thing back in my day, so I don't know if that makes me sound old or something, but we used to play Call of Duty back in college. So where'd that go? It's all no. about Fortnite? It's still yeah, Fortnite's kind of taking control of it, but Call of Duty's still around. People still play it. Here's how old I am. We actually played outside. We didn't sit around playing video games. No, you played the NES 64 <laughs> or whatever. That's Pong. Called. Yeah, Pong. Yeah, <laughs> that was the first one. Well, no, that that region set up perfectly for Ted's pick, Kentucky. Yeah. All the, all the teams ahead of Kentucky got got knocked out. So all they have to do is take care of business, and and Ted's looking good. Yeah, like I like I said on Twitter. I mean, I do have my Final Four now. I've I've lost other big games there too, but with this crazy first weekend, it's it's pretty impressive to have the final four okay, still, isn't what, it? What you're not telling the listeners is that you have ten different brackets. I'm looking at you. Got them, no, you no, got them, no. You got them stapled in. A, you look at that. You showed me them last week. You had like three or four different brackets. You know what? The the, the rivals bracket and your your tournament. Yeah, yep. it's a, I totally identical. Okay, fair. Enough. Totally identical because you know what? I couldn't figure out how to do it different. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> Well, I, can appre- I appreciate that you're, as of now, you're riding high. Okay. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen. can't wait to return next week when you are just like the rest of us. What? Jack Strap. This guy might be the biggest idiot in the world. Jack Strap? Yeah. Our guy, yeah. Jack Strap? I get that he's senile. Okay. He picks Virginia on the podcast, and then in his bracket, he has Duke. I just, <laughs> this guy just, he cannot keep his team straight. He's covering his bases. <laughs> yeah, he's like you. He's the multiple brackets guy. Uh, now, how many brackets do you play? One. Okay. Every year, one. So what? You play your own bracket, right? Yes. So I've been in other brackets. I want, I'm not just going to shut them out just to play yours or play rivals. You know, I got. I had three. So what? 
And I had Duke winning on. I, I had Duke on the other one, by yeah, the way. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got a few too. I think it's hard to to not hop in a couple and fill out some different ones, but but I'm still sticking to uh, my my one my my Michigan pick. So we'll we'll see how they play tonight, though. I sure hope you're right. I sure hope you're right. Yeah, and by the way, Jared's giving me gas here. The only bracket that matters is the rivals three point pod bracket. Yeah, I'm in that. I'm, uh, that's the bracket. That's I'm, the bracket sure I've been talking that. about. Yeah, and like I said, yeah, you have that. You have that bracket. <laughs> I just happened to notice that the other day on Thursday, you walked in with like I had three, three or four. I had stapled not together. four, three. I had three. We're very happy to be teamed up with the gang at Rivals. Rivals Tap House and Grill is proud to be a booster of Corona, Owasso, and our other area school districts. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on our 21 TVs. Rivals can accommodate your large or small parties, and it is a great spot to put on fundraising events. If you're hungry, well, you won't be when you leave Rivals. Weekly food and drink specials, including great burgers, wings, and pizza, along with homemade soup and salad. If you're thirsty, Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Join us anytime you're in the mood for some fun and great food and drink. Rivals Tap House and Grill, located on the corner of Shiawassee at M21 in Corona. That's that just reminds me, my dad, uh, classic dad move here. This is probably something that you probably chuckle at too. You probably won't admit it, but uh-huh. so you know he's at work or whatever. Right. He comes home and he's like, "Did you see on the March Madness app the boss button?" He's like, "That just cracked me up." Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh no, what's that? So you're watching like March Madness live on your computer or whatever. Okay. You press boss button and oh. it's like a power button. PowerPoint shows up with like March hide Madness. your computer. Yeah. 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 It, I just thought it was funny. That's just a classic dad move. To I am really aware. Appreciate. I that. am aware of that. Well. You should be aware of it. You work for uh, the state of Michigan now, yeah. don't you? And don't you work on a computer? Well, they sent out an email. I was unable to watch them. They said they were going to be monitoring the computers very closely <laughs> and that they would be able to tell when someone's watching the March Madness feeds. Did so they really? I was not able to. Okay. That's just wrong. That's like the one weekend that you should take all the firewalls off, you know, all that stuff, and let, let people watch the games. Exactly. I, I saw some people cheating it, but I didn't trust it as, you know, student intern. You can't risk that. Uh, no way. No so. way. We got Jack Strap going to be coming up here shortly, but I know you wanted to talk about a topic, some action. Yeah. So if, for people who haven't seen, Eastern Michigan's university closed down, or they they shut out, they shut down. I guess you could say four different like programs in their school. Four sports programs. Yeah, four sports programs. Their wrestling program, which has like two All Americans, wow. guess, this year alone. Okay. Which is who would have guessed that Eastern Michigan? They also have like they also shut down the swimming, the men's swimming team, mm-hmm. not the girls' swimming team. Kind of weird. I sort of <laughs> thought that was bizarre. Well, but, they had to do two and two. It had to be two and two. So yeah, true. And they yeah shut down softball. I'm not sure what the fourth one is, but. Eastern Michigan has, like, the only Olympic-sized pool, I guess. This Mm. is what I've heard from my buddy who goes there. And that's pretty much just where I wanted to go into this. So this is just another – this should be, like, a new segment, like classic dad moves. But so I tweeted, like, as a joke, for people who don't know, I have a friend that's a manager at Eastern. So, like, there was some guy on Twitter going on a rant. His name was, like, defund EMU football. (laughs) So I, I, like, quote tweeted, I was like, I, like, he said something like, shut down this program. Like, they just spent all this money on a new gray turf and everything. So I quote tweeted it. And I was like just going off saying like I agree with you 100. Uh, percent This is their this program's a sham. Like they don't they need to treat the wrestling programs and the swimming programs better. And Phil Anise, you know we all know he listens. Mm-hmm. He he takes it as 100 percent like fact. Like saying like I'm wrong. They make all this money from TV. And so like I sent him a message like this is just like an inside joke between like me and some of my buddies. He said uh, he never responded, which was bizarre. I check on his Twitter the next day. He tweets out, "Gotcha, buddy." Um, I, I knew that you had a friend living up there. So he did not know how to send a direct message. Uh, 
So this is just me calling out to you. You got to learn how to use Twitter, Phil. Come on. Now, do you want to talk about uh, the EMU situation and my thoughts overall I'm, on the college I, I, I'm athletes? I'm actually very interested to hear what All your right. thoughts are on Eastern. Well, not only Eastern, but I think I think any state college. Eastern's a state college, right? It's just like Michigan State, Michigan, yeah, yep. a state funded. If you cannot fund, if you cannot self-support your sports programs without dipping into the general fund, and I think Michigan and Michigan State, they can run their own sports programs because of football and basketball. Mm-hmm. But I don't think any of the MAC schools do. I think part of their funding comes from the tuitions and the general student population. My viewpoint on that is that's ridiculous. If you're having sports programs, they got to be self-funded. Period. I would definitely agree with that. And I think, yeah, the, the tuition and everything should be used for uh, academic facilities or academic reasons, not not to have a great turf for the football team and stuff like that. And I mean, that's why you usually see those football teams schedule games against Michigan or against these big teams because they get huge payouts. Yeah, right. And there you that, go, those teams usually pay for their athletic programs for, you know, that whole year. So. So yeah, if you're if you're happening to dip into tuition that that should be for used for academic reasons, uh, yeah, maybe it is time to shut down some sports programs. Yeah, and I should check my facts, but it seems to me like the number was and I'm just throwing this out there that they're operating under a twenty million dollar deficit for the sports program. I mean, something like that. It's some ridiculous number, and and this is again not dogging on Eastern Michigan because I'm sure other Mac schools are in the same situation. But from what I understand, they only have like thirteen to fifteen hundred season ticket buys this year. Now think yeah. about that. Well if you if you go to their stadium, you'll right. notice that it's like huge. Right. But they put tarps over the top bowl so ah. that it doesn't look quite as empty as it really is well I, th- I think that's where you got to have you got to have a great athletic director you got to have you know you, let's go back to the grassroots high school thing you got to have booster clubs you got to have ways to fund these sports programs and it just can't be on the general uh, students for sure who really knows how much money that eastern michigan football who knows how much people are donating like does anyone right. know i feel like it's just we're kind of listening to some you know some outraged students or whatever well let's, their word let's go back to matt he works for espn i mean let's face it the money in college athletics is in television yeah. right action tuesday nights well that's sure. that's big well, yeah that's why they started doing that the only way max schools were going to get on tv were if they were playing uh michigan or michigan state or you know something like that or if they scheduled those tuesday night action games that's the only way they were going to get on tv and that's where the big money comes from because that's how crazy football fans we are in this country will watch a a, a matching football game on a Tuesday night just because it's football. So, right. So that's where the money comes from, and that's that's why they're cool going to Ann Arbor, going to going up to East Lansing or whatever, getting getting their butts whipped for for a couple hours and making a few hundred thousand dollars. I, I just don't think they get paid like a million dollars, Matt. Honestly, it's yeah, crazy it's, how much money they make to to lose. No doubt about it. Well, we've had some good stuff here. Before we wrap up the show, let's check in with our oldest athletic supporter right now, Jack Strap. See what's on his mind. First of all, I was wrong. In our last show, I said, and I quote, So, who do I want to win the 2018 NCAA March Madness? I'll take Mr. Clean, three-time ACC Coach of the Year, who happens to be the head coach of the Virginia Cavaliers. Where? 
I guess I was wrong, but at least I can say I'm wrong. But anyway, how would you like to be the first number one seed in NCAA tournament history to lose to a number 16? As a coach, how do you console your team who just won 31 games, was entering the tournament as a number one overall seed on the heels of winning the ACC championship with high expectations to cut down the nets in San Antonio? Well, I know it's hard to believe, fellas, but you expect the best from old Jack Strap, and I received a transcript of what Coach Bennett told his team. Now, for dramatic effect, I'll try to recreate that intense locker room as Jack Strap. So here we go, gentlemen. Kidney Stone would have hurt less. 
And then my wife, after getting beat by Syracuse, hands me a glass of orange juice, and I threw it across the kitchen. I was so angry. But the Wolverines provided relief in the name of R-I-C-E, as in Glenn, who made that amazing shot at the buzzer. Muhammad Ali Rocky Saki Naki, whatever his name is, he missed the front end of a critical one-in-one, but came through with a beautiful pass to Rice. Coach Frieder will have his hands full tonight with Texas A&M and A&M's coach Kevin Sumlin's wrecking crew. They'll be eager to show that Carolina blowout was no fluke. My prediction? I believe the Wolverines will win it again in the closing moments with Mo Vaughn walking away as the hero this time. Okay, fellas, I gotta go get my beers and nachos and get ready for the big game. See you later. Well, good stuff as always by Jack Strap coming with his own sound effects. You gotta like that for sure. Uh, but uh, you know, he talked about the brackets a little bit. Why don't we? Well, let's make our our thoughts on this weekend. Of course, we're recording right before the Michigan game here on Thursday night. What are you guys thinking here this weekend? Well, I'm nervous that we're gonna jinx them. Mm-hmm. First off, at this point, it's honestly like. It's all gravy. We make it past Michigan State, in my mind, the season's a victory. We beat Michigan State twice. We make it further than the tournament. Everything from here on out, just gravy on top. Uh, see, that, that I'll be honest, man. That, that makes you sound like the – that's like a little brother kind of comment. I mean, that's what Michigan State fans you should, used to do. If they would just beat Michigan in, in a season, that, that's all that mattered. See, now – Michigan, it is nice to beat Michigan State and go farther than them in the tournament, but you got to have your eyes on the prize. And I mean, they got to make it to the Final Four. That's what I'm looking at. They got to beat Texas A&M, and and the the team that they would play if they win this game, it's going to be either Florida State or Gonzaga. I think they can beat either of those teams. So, I mean, I think Michigan has a legit shot to make it the next weekend and go to the Final Four. Yeah, I'll even take it further. And of course, again, I'm reminding our listeners we're we're recording this on Thursday. They got to look at the bigger prize there, Matt. Not just Final Four. They got to. They're in the tournament. They're playing to try and get a national championship. Why not make a run? Go for it. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And then this is the year. I mean, we've seen all these upsets already. So why not this year? I mean, they. The best thing is they they played like crap last weekend. They did not play well in either of those games. But whatever, they won. They they survived and advanced. So they're into the Sweet 16. It's time to time to take care of business and win some games. Hey, I'll sacrifice my bracket if they can uh, take on Calipari and Kentucky and knock them out. Yeah. How's that? You mentioned I, I get that I'm like it's like a little sister to a little brother type comment, Matt. But I've said this from the beginning. I am a state hater now, more than I'm a Michigan fan. Again, let's let our listeners know something because I'm curious about this too. Growing up in the state of Michigan not going to either Michigan or Michigan State, where does this hatred come from? Is it your buddies that are such Spartan fans? They're just, they're the most unbelievable fans that'll just drive me up a wall. Yeah, and my, maybe it's just my certain group of friends, you know, like MJ. That's what I'm trying to get at, yeah. That probably does have a little bit to do with it. So maybe that, and then you just add in the fact that we lost like ten, like so many times when I was growing up and kind of developing as a sports fan. True. That. I think that all kind of factors into it. And oh. then partly, I just, watching them play, I, there's nothing quite like it. I have nothing to lose. They win, they win. They lose, I am celebrating my, my ass off. Celebrating my ass off. Hey, man, at least you own it. I, I can give you props for that. At least you own it. I'll go along with that, too. But I, I'm the I'm the guy here that is kind of the fence setter overall on Michigan State. I look at it this way, guys. If Michigan is playing Michigan State, most of the time I want Michigan to win in basketball. Most of the time. All the time in football. But mm-hmm. any other time, I want Michigan State to win. Jared, I think I can speak for you. You don't care if Michigan State loses every game, right? That would be awesome. Now, how how are how are you on that one, Matt? I guess I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I I don't I 
I'm not going to say I like it when they lose, but you do. Uh, you when do. they lose, you know, it's cool. I'm fine with it. <laughs> okay. But, uh, I do like it when they are playing better. So then when Michigan beats them, it looks better on Michigan's resume. So, so I guess that's how I feel. I just wanted to see where we're all at. That's cool. All right. Hey, you know what? We had a, a fun show, I think, here tonight. You got any final thoughts you want to get on the table here before we wrap this up? People, check it out on Twitter. Uh, there's a great tweet chain. So, Barstool MSU tweeted out, uh, "What's your favorite like Jabari or Miles? Well, I always confuse those two. Miles Bridges uh, memory oh. and Michigan fans are just trolling it hard, <laughs> saying oh, going 0 3 against Michigan, uh, getting bounced in the Sweet 16, or getting bounced in the first weekend twice in a row. Just check it out. It's, I did. It's a good, it's I, a good I did life. see that. I didn't see all the other posts, so I'll do that now. <laughs> I did. Those, those are some good handles to follow on Twitter, other than ours, of course. Of you course, want to follow ours, but but all the Barstool ones, the Barstool U of M, the Barstool MSU, all those are those are some good follows for sure. Well, I think that's going to do it for now, guys. And we just want to remind everybody, share this pod with all your friends. Give us your feedback. And by the way, if you maybe want to be a part of this show, you think you know sports, want to talk a little sports with us, why not email us at threepointpod at gmail with comments, maybe ideas for guests you'd like to hear on this show. And like I said, if you want to be on this show, because everybody thinks they can be a, a podcast star. Right, Jared? Huh? Yeah, they do. All right. And also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Z925SportsGuy. Matt, you're where? Burnsy381. And you can follow me at Jared Patel or at my personal favorite Twitter account, at Hondo Carpenter. <laughs> Talk about the biggest MSU slappy in the world. <laughs> And then you can also follow Jack Strap. He's at JackStrap88. And again, I want to thank our sponsors, Rivals Tap House and Grill, our partner in the three-point podcast bracket challenge. It'll be really interesting to see where we all stand next week. The Corona Connection and Z92.5 The Castle. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production, and until next time, thanks for listening to Three Point Podcast. Go Blue!